Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 13 of this season's Breaking the Ice podcast. Mark and myself Alan with you once again. It's a little bit of a different podcast this week. We've only got the one game to review. That was Saturday night's uh, Challenge Cup game against the Manchester Storm which completed the round robin stages for the Steelers. We've also uh, got a very quick topic to discuss this week in terms of DOPS and the decision made with that going forward after the Elite League's board meeting last week. And also we've got three upcoming games this weekend. Nothing to do with the Elite League. It's just a small European tour to Denmark as the Steelers go off to play in the Continental Cup. So, Saturday... Played the Storm at home. Dead rubber game for the Steelers essentially because of uh, already being guaranteed number one in the group and also... Number one seed. <laughs> you know, number one seed. Yeah. But the way I looked at it, as I said last week, was I want us to go in there, play Moose in goal, put a performance in, you know, get tuned up, ready for the Continental Cup that's coming up this week. Um, Storm... It turns out did have a little something to play for in the game, as, yeah, we, as, as we wrongly stated last week, so apologies for that. Um, but the boys came out with a 3-1 win. Um, fairly comfortable performance overall, meant that we ended up being uh, undefeated in the round-robin stages, something which I can't remember us doing for ever. <laughs> 12 points out of 12 you know 12 points out of 12 in the Challenge Cup group stages very pleasing mm. um, obviously a bit of a eventful night as we paid tribute to fallen troops and their families um, before the game with the game being on the 11th of November Um Excellent way it was observed. Yeah, excellently observed by everyone in attendance. Um, The playing of the last post, um, the reef of poppies at centre ice, um, and then obviously into the national anthem. Yeah, it was it was really really nicely done. You could you could literally hear a pin drop in the arena. Mm. Some some people will probably hear that comment and think, yeah, you can in Sheffield Arena most weeks anyway. But you know. With that sort of occasion, it needed to be quiet, and over seven thousand in the building, it was yeah. it was spot on. That's what impressed me a lot. The crowd was uh, immense, like seven thousand and fifty-eight for a Saturday game, which was as we said, a dead rubber game. Immense, and it says kudos uh, to everyone who attended. Good contingent from Manchester, brilliant. Yeah, well, that just goes to show, touching on Manchester quickly, just how well they've been doing this season mm. in terms of their growth, because obviously they brought a number of fans with them to the game. Um, but I think what also was a key for me, that obviously with such a big crowd in attendance, Steelers needed to put in a performance, you know, mm. keep regenerating the interest and the bums on the seats and all that. And obviously we came out with the 3-1 win. You could argue at times of the game had one or two dullish and quieter moments. Scrappy moments. Yeah, scrappy moments. But on the flip side, I felt that at times there was a lot of end-to-end hockey. Mm. We did have one period of play that actually seemed to just not stop for five, six minutes. Um, But I suppose the thing that kind of irked me a little bit 
with the whole night was just how long it flipping took after the putt did drop. You yeah, know, we didn't no we didn't leave that building until ten to ten. Yeah, and for a seven o'clock start, that was a long flipping game of hockey for a regulation thing. And to me, I don't know about you, but the number of corrections to face-offs that we went oh. through the other night. You know, I understand that they want to make sure people aren't cheating or pinching on the face-offs and everything. But some of it was just so meticulous. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. But on the flip side, you could argue that where some of it was just like the skaters weren't... It wasn't even the sentiment that was causing it. It was the players on the outside of the face-off circle that were encroaching. And I'm just sat there thinking, use your goddamn brain, right? You've been told two, three, four times so far during like, why are you still doing it? Uh-oh. Just why? And yeah. that just delayed the game more and more. And of course, then players are going, oh, this is just getting, you know, dry and you just drop the puck. Well, they can't because your teammate is being an idiot. Mm. <laughs> and that was on both sides. One of the things I would, personally, I would have done is if someone's a... Uh, Misbehaving, I uh, if you're in the sentiment and uh, you're trying to steal something, or one of the players is uh, on the outside is uh, basically delaying it. Give them a couple of warnings and say, "Look, here's warning number one. Don't do it. Here's warning number two. Don't do it again. Third time, you're gonna get a two-minute delay, game minor, just for." Because you're, you're, you're the reason behind uh, why this is getting uh, dragged out. Yeah, I mean, that that might be... That might, that might, be, be, that might, that might be half an idea. Because all you've got to do then that's is just is. keep a little record of who's, who, who, who's encroaching and stuff like yeah. that. You know, say, say it's... You, you know, the, the, the sentiment I can understand because obviously they're wanting to, you know, react and get the jump on the face-off. Mm. You know, when the puck's dropped. Fair enough. Mm. But the guys encroaching, there's just no need for it. Because they've got no. so much space and room. You do that. T- it's you g- it's just that, stupid. You give them that like, delayed game penalty, it acts as a deterrent. As if to say. Yeah, and it makes them think. Especially think, if they're I? in a key part of the game. Yeah. They've got to That's think. Just, I, I just think it would that would make perfect sense. Mm. So, so I don't know if anyone else would agree with me on it, but... I, I sort of do, but you would probably use it as like a last resort, as you say, like you yeah, know, two free, two free warnings, rule. You know, free strike yeah, rule. like a free strike rule, and then you're done for a delay game. Overall, though, we got the win. Yep, Moose was fairly solid in goal. Made some good saves. Made some good saves. Devoe gets man of the match. A one plus two. He continues to impress the fan base. Yeah. Since his arrival, he's finding he's, his feet more and more he's now. He's got some skill, hasn't he? He has got a little bit of skill to give him credit. Um, you know, it wasn't as if you know there was any main fully standout individual performances. It was the, a the, team the, one. The, the boys, yeah, it wasn't more of a team effort. The boys just you know took care of business as and when was necessary. First period, Alan, we could have been. More than one up because uh, mm. if it wasn't for Mark Clementi making uh, numerous saves after we'd scored, I, I think I must have counted him. Must have made about three or four saves after we we got th- one up. Yeah, I, th- I think we could have, been have probably fo- easily got into that first period three one up because yeah. Manchester could have scored one or two themselves in that first period. Obviously, Moose shut the door. 
And Clemente um, made a couple of big key saves when he needed to as well. Yeah, we could have scored at least three or four in that first period. Second period, they came into it a little bit more. Uh, and you just knew, because they were cranking it up, forcing us onto the back foot, that they would, they would score one. And lo and behold, they got a look, lucky break when Tim Wallace unfortunately slipped. Kieran K- 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 Long breaks behind the, the back line, finishes very well. You you mentioned that goal and you mentioned Wally losing his foot in while he's trying to chase the guy back. What irked me more about that goal was we went for a part um, defensive change at the wrong time because we didn't have control possession. Manchester had the puck and one of our D-men decided, well, I'm burned out into the shift, I'm going to go. He didn't think... To think, hang on, there's going to be a guy going that way. I just need to cover this passing lane as I go across. Mm. He just went straight across. Mm. And two seconds later, the pass is straight up the middle. And Tim Wallace, who's literally just come onto the ice, is having to try and get back to cover for the bad part defensive change. Mm. And then, as you say, he unfortunately lost his foot in. And Kieran Long, give him credit, made no mistake and slotted it past me. Nice for 1-1. Fi- nice it was a nice finish. But the thing is, though, as we've said many a time this season, this team just doesn't know when to give up because they bounce virtually straight back. Uh, uh, Devore with a nice uh, shock or pass from the point, following great work by Zach behind the net. Yamtin hits him on uh, what it is, hip or his bum, and uh, it goes in. Yeah, the uh, GLC, but everyone knew good as. Anything, it was a clear goal. But Yamsin, right place in front of Clemente to score. Uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting goal. Because um, obviously Yamsin was behind the net and was then trying to come back in front. Caught the net slightly in doing so, which meant the back of the goal came up off the ice. Hence Clemente um, went to a little bit nuts. Hence, you know, they were saying, oh no, you know, net's come off, whatever. Well, it hadn't. It wasn't displaced, it was just disturbed. Yeah, we scored um, in its right position. But one of the things that I'd like to see carry on with this GLT review mm. or get more introduced is off the back of it, obviously Stefan Hogarth came back on the ice point, centre ice to give the goal after he reviewed it. But the crowd never got the explanation as to the decision. What I would like, you know, but Mike Clementi got an explanation. Ryan Finity got an excla- mm. explanation. Paul Thompson just waved off the explanation because like, he knew what the review was for. He knew it was obviously correctly given. But for, 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 for me, one of the things that would, it would be nice to see with this whole GLT is the referee come over to the timekeeper's bench and just say, right, we were checking for this. This is the decision. Goal, that's why the goal stands. You know, I'd, or I'd like, I'd like to, you know, I'd, or, or this is why it's disallowed. Because then, and then for me, once he's, relayed that to the timekeeper's bench for the mess to be passed on to the PA or whatever, that is when he should then turn around and go, no goal or goal. Yeah. Because then once that when that happens, it can be announced, this is the review, and then they can give the goal details. That's, that's what they do in North America, isn't it? Sort of, yeah. Of sorts, yeah. But I says, we, we, we got back into it and exerted his control, shall we say, on the game. Third period, took it, Took it to them, carried on the good work. 
grip and uh, at third goal just summed yeah, the night up didn't yeah they? The, the <laughs> thing is with Manchester they were looking for a penalty it wasn't going to be coming you play to the whistle as we've said many a time and they didn't uh, we we move in some great passing moment and Devore's not going to miss from four feet out is he no I mean you know a, th- a three on one off a broken play and you know you just probably easiest goal he'll ever score one of <laughs> probably one, one of, um, but yeah, that that third goal just summed it up with the quick little tic tac toe across to Devoe. All that rhymed, um, and then yeah, and then, and then just tuck it in, you know, for three one. That just summed the night up, and it summed up Devoe's night as well, where he just happened to be right place, the right time. Was great. Yeah, he was just like, well, we'll say that one, boys. It's three one. You know. Hallelujah! I've just scored on my own debut. <laughs> yeah, well, the proper home debut, as it was yeah. his first game at yeah. the arena. But overall, solid performance, six from six, going to the next round of the, end of, of the Challenge Cup, where it is now, pick your opponent. But that is something we shall discuss probably when we come up to actually playing yeah. the next well, round. It's an interesting uh, little... Uh, interesting <laughs> format, definitely. But like I said, we'll get to that when we actually get round to the next so round. So as we know, the Who's once, once we know all the final seedings, we know we know which top eight it is, but we just don't know the final. I think seedings. We're the fir- we've got the first three. First three and position eight is confirmed, but four, five, six, seven can still jumble up. But we'll just have to see how that all transpires. Hmm. Speaking of seeing how things transpire, we finally heard. Um, the news out of the board meeting from the last EGM. week, the EGM. Um, Dops going forward will continue to be Lyle Sites and the PSC. Yeah, Lyle's BLC in Austria, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, so that's good going forward because since they were introduced and that the format and the detail and everything off these you know reviews it's it it just reeks of more professionalism and more knowledge and understanding of what they're doing it just works but also for me one of the key things that came out of it looking likely from january 2018 four-man system four-man system now it's from reading the press release, it doesn't look like it's gonna. It doesn't look like it's nailed on certainty what for them the because they've got to look at the logistics. They've got to look at who's available. You know who's available. Um, but it's something that they've got to invest in. Yeah, Where, got- whether club owners like it or not, they've got to invest in it. They've got to find a way to make it happen every week. If it affects the coffers slightly by a few hundred quid. I'd be willing to pay the flipping price just to make sure that we've got a backup official for some of the things that happen behind the plate or if one official, you know, would be normally in a good position but it's from the opposite angle. Well, if you've got the other official on his opposite angle, he's going to be able to see it better, isn't he? Of course he is. So, or she, or she, because we do have have Liv Anderson in the league, or she, um, you know, an extra pair of eyes out there ain't going to hurt anyone apart from the offenders. What, what you That's need, all it's going to do. What you need is basically, instead of having like on a, a, a maximum game now when he's like games every featuring every club, you just need six extra bodies. 
but you've got to find those six extra bodies. Yeah. The ones who you know are capable to actually officiate at that at the next level up yeah. in the chain. Or what you potentially do is you look at a couple of linesmen yeah. and you say, you don't referee at this level, but you referee at the lower level. You're going to be a referee now, but you'll be or you'll be a referee on this occasion, but on other occasions you'll be back to being a linesman. People like Paul Staniforth. But you'll be a referee, but you'll essentially be the second referee to so-and-so who is the more typical referee. That, for me, is the right method, but we'll soon see how all the the logistics and all the staffing issues are all dealt with. Because obviously the league has to deal with you know some of the costs of these people you know making the journey time and the yeah. fee that they get for officiating yeah. the game and whatever and stuff like that so they'll be looking into it but very very pleasing to see and also they said on there they're going to be reviewing a couple more of like the more things like every they were they were automatically reviewing specific penalty calls yeah like the two plus the 10 thing. but now they've widened the scope to say it's like every two plus ten that happens every five, five plus minutes. game no matter what the call every is ev- everything is going to get an automatic review which is good for me as it should do I mean like that what you said about the uh, linesman moving up to a referee that says example you could say Paul Staniforth because he's he's sometimes done games at uh, NIHL level I'm sure he's been a referee for a few and, 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 and I think he's, like, times, I think he has definitely refereed us a couple of times in, like, what you would probably say, low-key games, so to speak. So that could be a prime example. But it'd be interesting when you've got all the logistics, how are you going to work it? But it, to me, it's a positive step. And as the, the statement says, it makes sense to make the, the, the league shall I say, more professional and it's something to match, to keep pace with what all the existing big leagues around the world do and also in Europe. Because you see it around Europe. Yeah. It's it's four man like in Sweden. Germany. It's, just, it's just better. It's just it, better. It, 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 you can get, you eliminate mistakes as you said. Yeah. The only thing for me is it's a shame that it all comes about off a massive amount of social media pressure off the back of a big incident that put the league in a bad light. Hopefully, the this league will... owners and everything will learn from this and just go, right, we've got to avoid having these things happen. You know, we've got to listen to the players more. For me, the next big step would be having an EIHLPA. That would be the big thing for me because then there's another independent body that represents the players that can then go to the board and say, well, this is from the players' perspective. You've got to... Yeah. Listen, but again, if that happens, you got to know who's on the board, what experience, and all that. You know, the more transparency there is, and that's the better, and the, and the actual more experience the setup is, then the better the league will actually do for itself. Yeah. But we'll see what happens in time. But yeah. for now, the changes to DOPS and the Give officiating thumbs up. Yeah, the the initial announcement it looks a lot better. We'll just have to see how it all turns out in practice. Yep. Yeah. Now, speaking of practice, Steelers boys have been practicing this week, ready to get tuned up and geared up for a little European venture across to to Denmark. Bacon country. To bacon country, as you call it. Or Carlsberg. (laughs) Well, the alcoholic in you, maybe, but... 
the food baby that I know is in you with that gut, my you know, friend. It's definitely bacon country. You know I like a bacon sandwich, Alan. <laughs> you and me both, mate. <laughs> Even if you prefer brown sauce over ketchup. Yeah, but, each to But <laughs> it's Continental Cup time at long last. Um, admittedly, this will be my first European venture with the boys in all mm-hmm. the years that I have been supporting the Steelers now. I'm excited about it, as are several members of the fan base. We know a couple of people, unfortunately, aren't going any longer due to illness. Um, so we hope that the boys can put in a performance for them, as unfortunately they're now going to have to watch from home. Um, but you look at the two third-round groups, mm. and looking at it, I'd have rather seen us play in the other group, to be honest. Ours isn't easy, but but it's manageable. Yeah. We are playing um, the following three teams. Kerbads Riga from Latvia, who qualified into this round having won... The Latvian Championship. The Latvian Championship. Um, and I believe they were the side that also qualified from an earlier round of the challenge. Yeah, sorry, the Continental Cup. GKS Tishi, who uh, Coventry played about two seasons ago, three years ago, something like two that. Two or three yeah. seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah. So Kerbad's Riga won that group and advanced to the third round. Hundred percent record and all. Hundred percent record. Um, we obviously have the hosts, Rungsted Sia Capital uh, of Denmark. Um, and we also have Yunos Minsk, a seven-time Belarusian champion. Yeah. Um, since their creation in two, in just two thousand and three. Yeah, been so they've, 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 they've got quite um, they've got quite a record for a fourteen, fifteen-year-old hockey club. Definitely. And we thought ours were a good one. We thought ours was good. However, <laughs> looking at some of those teams, we'll start with Kerbaz Rigri. Like I just said, qualified from a previous round. Um, originally formed in '96. Yeah. Um, so they're not quite as old as the Steelers. They've got one Latvian championship to the name, which obviously they won last season, which yep. is the reason why they're in the Continental Cup this year. Um, they've got a few semi-recognisable names in their roster from yep. Elite League: uh, Marcus Senbergs, Martin Gipters, and Tom's Hartmanis. Um, who had spells with the likes of Edinburgh, Cardiff, Newcastle Vipers. Um, they also have a Panther from last season in uh, David Sarkanis. Um, who didn't put any trees up, did he? No, who didn't put any trees up, but he did have a little something about him, I thought, in the games that did I did see Did he play one playing. game against us? I think he played one game against us, mm. but I, I know I saw a couple of games where Nottingham were playing a different opposition last year that he played in, and he had a little bit of skill about him. Um, but it's a side that's got international experience because they've got other players in the thing um, like three names Yanis Spurks, Euris Stiles and Martins Sipulis uh, um, they've got nearly 400 international games for Riga between them so they're not going to be Spurks is actually still actually playing for the national side um, and we saw him in uh, Riga when we went Years ago, GB. GB. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a name that um, that I recognised for that potentially that reason. Um, mm. So we know some of the 
caliber of players you're up against. Obviously, those mm-hmm. national guys are going to have a little bit more about them. Yep. Um, but I look at our roster, and I think generally that's a better roster than what a Team GB roster would be. Um, so I'd like to think that potentially we could get something out of our game against Kerbad's Riga. I think it will potentially be the closest game that we have of the three. Mm, um, possibly. Quite possibly, yeah. Could we get a regulation win? Yes. Yeah. My gut feeling would be an overtime or penalty shot win against Kerbad's Riga. Because obviously every game has to have a decision. It's a three-point system because it's three points regulation win, two points overtime or penalty shot win, one point for the uh, overtime or penalty shot loss, and obviously no points for the loss in regulation. Um, so that adds a little bit of a different feature, obviously, to this competition from what mm-hmm. we normally play in. Yep. Um, but we could like, definitely like get something... Like CHL, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit, but... Um, for me, we could definitely get something out of the Kerbad's Riga game. Mark, what, what's uh, what's your take looking at that? Look, when I had a look at their roster last night, obviously when I was doing the research for for the blog, and I thought, yeah, plenty of experience, some exciting youngsters, but looking at it, they're beatable. We we've got enough. We just like basically, and I'll say it for all three games. Stay out of that damn penalty box. Yeah, that's the key. If we, they will, they will have skill, no doubt about it. They, this team, Kerbaz Riga, will have skill coming out of the rear drums. And if we can match their skill and more, we'll take it. I says I don't care if it's. Ideally, I would like it in regulation. Obviously. We all, we Obviously. all, would. we all would. But like you, I would not be disheartened if we. Took it after overtime or penalties. Yeah, it's it's a winnable game. Winnable game, right? Next up, uh, the hosts for this third round of the Continental Cup, uh, Rungsted Seer Capital. Um, the oldest team, nineteen forty one. Nineteen forty one. Yeah. Originally formed as Rungsted Ice Hockey Club. Uh, they've won the Danish title three times. Um, but I had to go back. To, go back over oh, yeah, oh, oh, one, oh, two. Mm. Um, in their last success, when they were known as the Rungsted Cobras, they've had a little bit of a rename as recently as 2015-16. When you come, Again, one or two um, semi-notable people attached to this club. Um Robin Bergman on the roster, who played for Coventry as recently as last season. Don't sure wanted to keep him, didn't he? Um, yeah, they wanted to keep him in Coventry, but were unable to. 17 goals and 24 assists in 59 games for the Blaze last year. Um, they've got experienced defenceman in Mike Verance, um, who, to the more North American followers of the game, uh, 22 NHL games and over 400 AHL games. Um, so that is an experienced D-man on yeah, your books. I think he's only about 32, 33. Yeah, and he's more like the kind of quality of D-man that we have been seeing in our league uh, over mm. recent seasons as yeah. the league has continued to grow. And finally, former Blaze defenceman Eric Hjalmarsson is Rungstead's assistant coach. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'd look at that and I'd said Rungstead would give us, would be for me, would be the team... 
that we've got the best chance of a regulation win against. Because if you if you think back to last year's pre-season, yeah. we played against a Danish side. Which yeah, was Arbol Pirates. Arbol Pirates. Comfortably disposed of them. Second game was a little bit more Se- Second closer. game was a, was a closer game, but the first one... <laughs> No, oh, no uh, bother, was it? Oh, I remember. I always remember my Ratchet steaming in in that first game when he, when someone took exception to someone. Yeah, um, yeah, that was funny. But yeah, I, I'd have said I'm not overly threatened by the Rungstead side. No, no disrespect to the host, but I look at that yeah. and to be honest, I'd have said that is a game that we could win in regulation. Obviously, we've got to show up in each three of these. But for me, that is a game that we can win in regulation. Yeah, I agree completely. It's it, it is a team we that again. I've heard a bit of youth and experience about it, but there, there every, you can only be what's put in front of you. Our fancy is actually take, our fancy is really to take that in regulation. Mm, I, I think we've got a good chance of taking that in regulation. Again, stay out of the penalty box. Oh, of course, I've just got to reiterate it. If you for every single game. Now, finally, Inos Minsk, the Belarusian side. This is going to be a hard one. This this is going to be, this is going to be the big one for me. Yeah. Um. Because, well, <laughs> you know, it's Belarusian level. They're they're going to be for me. You look at them, and you look at the Rumsted. team, the team, the teams in the other group. Yeah. Um. I'd have said that. Unos Minsk is potentially a side that could easily win this whole thing in January. Yeah. Um, I think this is the side that we will be rivaling for the top two spots yeah, out of this group. Because you've only got to finish yeah. in the top two yeah. out of this stage to go to the super final, the super final in January. Um, so, yeah. This could this could be a very fun game. Um They've won the Belarusian League title seven times, as I've said, since they were formed in 2003. And seven playoff titles. Seven playoff titles. Um, they're only in this competition because they lost this year's... Playoffs. Sorry, last season's playoff <laughs> final. And the Belarusian side that beat them went to the Champions Hockey League. Yep. Um <laughs> So how good would that was that be? They won the regular season by about six points, and then when it comes to the actual uh, playoff final, the actual postseason shootout, they uh, they slipped to defeat. I bet their fans were absolutely mortified, mate. Well, potentially, because um, obviously they're not in as key or more high-profile European competition this year yeah. now as a result. But they're still a side that could very easily yeah. get the job done. Um, They've got a very experienced sentiment on their books, Daniel Corso. He's 39 now. Um, he's in his fourth season in Minsk. He's played 77 NHL games and over 300 American Hockey League games. Proves age no barrier. Yeah, proves age no barrier if you've got the quality yeah. um, and ability still. Um, they've also got a Ukrainian on their books by the name of Andre Mikhanov. Um, or Mikhanov, I should Mikhanov, say. Mikhanov, I think it is. Um he is a very gifted forward, um, can play centre or either wing. Last season in 52 games in the Belarusian League amassed 85 points. So and he, that's including playoffs, that? Uh, oh, that's including the playoffs. Well, again, 
That's not to be sniffed at. Yeah, that's not to be sniffed at. That's well over a point a game. You know, depending on the overall quality of the Belarusian league, I'm not entirely sure. But their national side's not bad. Uh, yeah, but their national side certainly isn't bad. But for me, they are a team that potentially possess the most danger to us. Mm, um, serious danger. In this. Now, as we said, as we said, only the top two sides qualify qualify in this um, in reverse order so going from fourth to first yep how would you seed this group while I have a quickly while I have a quick gander mm-hmm. at the other teams in the group and we'll see if we can predict the four that qualify for the super final in January right okay in fourth place I'm going for the horse. Rumstead, right. In third place, just it will be the Latvians. Kerbad's Riga. Us to finish second, the Belarusians to top. Well, do you know what? That was exactly how I was going to do it. That is exactly the seeding that I was going to go with. You go, we're agreeing on something again. We are agreeing on something, which pretty much hasn't happened a lot this season it's greatly affected our friendship I must add however <laughs> uh, Group E obviously is the other group which is being played in written in Italy that features uh, Grenoble from France Nomad Astana from Kazakhstan written obviously from Italy um, and some Hungarian side that I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce because it will sound like I'm having a sneezing fit. Oh, it so, sounds like you've been drinking 20, 20 million pints. <laughs> well, bugger it. DVTK, um, Jäger's Medvek Miskolk. Mislok. Mislok. Yeah. Whatever. It's a Hungarian it, side. That Hungarian team. That Hungarian, Hungarian team. team. <laughs> now, looking at that, I'd have said we could take on Ritten, we could take on Grenoble. Um, the Hungarians were the qualifying side from Group C. I think, that, I think they must be the weak. I think uh, they'd have been for the me, weak they link. would be the weak, the weak link. link. Um, and obviously, you've got Nomad Astana from Kazakhstan. Looking at that, in that group, mm. I'd have said the Kazakhs go through. Yeah. I agree. Potentially as top seed. It will be close between Grenoble and Ritten. Personally, I would fancy Ritten over Grenoble. Mm. Um, so Ritten to come second, Grenoble third, and obviously the Hungarians fourth. Yeah. That's what you agree with. So we're going to say it right here, right now. And we know nothing. And we know nothing, <laughs> as has been proved with tonight's Elite League results. Um yeah. Because, again, breaking the fourth wall, this is being recorded Wednesday night. Um, the Super Final in January will consist of the Sheffield Steelers, Yunos mm-hmm. Mintz from Belarus, Nomad Astana from Kazakhstan, and Ritten Sport from Italy. Well, it won't be played in Ritten because they hosted the Super Final last year. It won't be played in Ritten because they've, well, they've A, hosted the Super Final last year and they're hosting this round of this. So, if we go through... I think it's an Eastern European adventure. I I wouldn't have said we go to Kazakhstan. You're thinking more like 
or Belarus. I just said we've, we'd have a seriously good chance to host that if we qualify. If those are the teams that go through. But that's all for January. Conjecture. It's Yeah, it's all that and what have you. But, but, those are the predictions yep. for the Continental Cup. It's a Continental Crusade. That's what it is. It's a Continental Crusade. Hey, it's, appro- it's appropriate because we're going to Scandinavia and Vikings and all that. Yeah. You know? I might use that for the title of the episode, do you know? I might <laughs> use that for the title of the episode. It's a Continental Crusade. Because the Vikings crusade. came from Denmark, didn't they? think so, but I never really paid much attention to history class. If oh, yeah. oh you, were, uh, you were actually one of my... I think they did, actually. Who knows? I'm not going to bother looking that up while we're recording, because, hey... Well, it's <laughs> immaterial. Is, this, this isn't exactly professional, is it, folks? Anyway, this so is, those are our predictions for yep. upcoming weekend, and even throwing out there the four teams that make the Super Final. Yeah, that's really pushing it out. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But... Uh, it says, I'll just reiterate again, stay out of the box, guys. Use your skill what you've got, and, you, and you've got this. Yeah, absolutely. I, got, I, I think we've got a very good chance of progressing. As, would it be as top seed? Probably not, if I'm being realistic. If, if but if them boys go and prove me wrong... Hats off to them, right? Hats off to them. But we shall see what happens. Well, while I'm in Denmark, obviously you're not going, but we'll see what happens. Yep. Anyway, folks, that's it from Mark and myself for this week. Obviously, a much shorter episode. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Not sure when we'll be with you next week, but we plan on being with you next week. But also, in the meantime, potentially look out for one or two live periscopes from Denmark as well. Because you never know, I might just do something like that. Anyway, from Mark and myself... Thanks for listening and we shall catch you next time.